Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, as I said to you last week, folks, it's not the apocalypse. It's not the election we wanted. Definitely wasn't the election we wanted on the Senate side, but the picture for the midterms is starting to clear up. I'm going to crack away all the fog today. I'm going to cite established conservative uh, folks out there and commentators you trust in Levin, Limbaugh, and others, because there are already people getting ready to freak out. And I'm telling you, the people I'm talking about are not freaking out at all. I mean it. It's not some kind of weird virtue signal. I got a lot to talk about. Please don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Going online without a VPN's like walking your dog without a leash. Most of the time, you're probably okay, but what happens if your dog runs away? Don't do that. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Uh, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this Monday. We've got a lot of, co- of stuff to cover today. It was definitely a mixed bag, but again, 100% not the apocalypse. Everybody, we need to take a deep breath and just reassess where we are and develop a new battle plan to move forward and take some ground. So you know Biden's infrastructure bill that Congress passed last year? Well, here's something I bet you didn't know about. In a few years, every car might be required to come with a safety device that passively monitors you for impaired driving. You want the government watching everything you do? I certainly don't. Big government wants to control every part of your life and clamp down your digital freedom. That's why I use ExpressVPN to protect my network from being monitored. It's really that simple. Get a VPN. You see, your internet provider keeps logs of your internet activity. They can do it. This includes the sites you visited and how much time you spend on them. ExpressVPN shields your internet activity by rerouting all of your network data through their secure encrypted servers. And ExpressVPN's kill switch actually protects you. If your VPN connection ever drops, network data is immediately stopped from entering or leaving your device to keep your privacy from being compromised. It's a kill switch that you control. Use it. And all it takes is one easy tap of a button for ExpressVPN to secure all of your devices. Take back your privacy and freedom at expressvpn.com slash Bongino today and get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Do it today. All right, Joseph, let's go. It is now Monday. Yes. It is Monday, thankfully. Now, yeah. please don't go anywhere because I'm going to cover uh, Joe's seen the show prep today and Gee, probably the craziest story I've ever heard. It's good to be a Democrat with this cryptocurrency company oh. involving Ukraine and the Democrats and donations. And at the end of the show today, probably the single best clip. Joe disagrees, and that's okay. I respect his opinion. But my opinion, these, and Sabrina from Fox likes it too, the single best clip I've ever seen by Dave Chappelle, who's not really a political guy, he's a comedian, <laughs> summing up the Trump thing. Trust me, stay tuned. It's at least worth your time, and you can tell me if Joe's right. Or I'm right. First, let's get to the midterms because that's the most pressing news of the day. The picture's starting to clear up here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's clearly a mixed bag. Uh, clearly. Please don't buy into the hysteria. The left is, uh, gosh, this drives me crazy. It, it's becoming pretty clear now that the left is going to lose the House and may, at best at this point, at best, pick up a seat in the Senate. At worst, it'll be a push. It'll be 50-50 where we were before. Okay. I'm not sure that's eager grounds for a celebration. I, I don't understand. The, I don't get the celebration. We know they lost the governorship of Nevada. Like, yeah, we won two. Yeah, in Massachusetts and Maryland. I mean, we had two rhinos in there anyway. We, we stood practically no chance of winning those again. Those were fluke elections. I, I don't get what they did. We, we won school board elections. Everybody's freaking out on the right while the left is taking a victory lap over losing the house. 
I, I really, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm really puzzled by it's this whole thing. Weird. I can't say it this is. right. It's so weird, and it's not just me. In case you think, oh, it's just Danny's. By the way, Guy, am I? You know me, Joe, and you know me longer. You know me the longest. Yeah. You wouldn't call me like Mister Optimistic, would you? Hell no. I mean, I'm long on the United States, no yeah. doubt. I love my country, but that's more of a big picture thing. But believe me, I'm the first guy to tell these two, man, we're really effed now. More He's of a like, realist. No, he sits I, here with me all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, realist is right. Yeah, more of a I'm, realist. Me, Levin, others out there. Levin, Levin's been around a lot longer than me. The godfather of the conservative movement. When he's telling you the same thing I'm telling you, we're probably right. And what I'm telling you is, please don't get demoralized. The left is so eager to gaslight you and make you believe they had some mammoth victory in the midterms that I see Republicans running around with their hair on fire. Oh my gosh, it's over. The country's finished. It's going to burn to the ground tomorrow. It's not. It is not. It looks likely, extremely likely at this point, that we are going to win the House, albeit by very slim margins. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a big freaking deal. It's really hard to flip the house. I'm going to explain why, again, in case you think I'm making this up. We could win back two governorships. Again, lost two, but they were in liberal states. Okay? Michigan was a hold for them, so that's a push. No good. She's a terrible governor. But now that they have Democrats and more Democrats in the House and the Senate in Michigan, you're going to see now the Republicans aren't going to be able to block Whitmer stuff and things are going to get worse. And you're going to see Michigan change too. Mark my words. Things just aren't bad enough yet. The governorships could be a push, though, if Kerry Lake pulls it out. The race is looking tough, folks. I'm not going to spin your wheels. We're getting good majorities, but not the majorities we need for me to breathe easy. There's still a shot. The Nevada governor's race, that's done. We, we, we won that one. We took that back from the Democrats. Now, folks, there is, this is what's happening. Big, huge picture first. And why I believe that this is not the apocalypse you think it is. Blue states are getting bluer. Red states are getting really red. Purple states are starting to tilt more towards the red side. And after these next two years, I think we're going to get a slight, a slight shade of red to them. But blue states are getting really nasty. I, I have no doubt about that. Now, the Wall Street Journal described them this weekend in this Alyssa Finley piece called The Blue State Exodus Helps Democrat Governors Win. You had Jared Polis, Gretchen Whitmer, and others uh, in Michigan, other blue, Kathy Hochul, and others in New York uh, win. Now, in New York, we actually did quite well down ballot, really well. Actually, New York and Oregon have turned out to be two bright spots, even though Oregon looks like they may hold the governorship there. They're going to hold the governorship there as well, I would, uh, I'd say. But there's a sorting benefit to this. The journal talks about how the people leaving, this is why I told you, you know, sometimes I tell people, come down to Florida, please, if you're a conservative. I get a ton of emails. No, Dan, stop telling people to come down here. No, folks, please trust me. The people coming down here to Florida are not liberals. Just look at the data. Hundreds of thousands of people coming down here are coming down here and registering Republican. They are making our state redder and a more freedom-loving, tax-friendly, business-friendly state. How is that not a good thing? They're making your property values go up. Just look at the data. Uh, folks, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not interested in opinions. I'm interested in freaking data. The people coming down to Florida are conservatives, overwhelmingly. Now, you may say, well, that's great news. Well, the Journal article talks about, eh, kind of. It is great news. 
But the bad news is some bad news too. I mean, number one is it's, yeah, your property value is going up if you live in Florida like we do. But if you're a renter, your rents are through the roof. You could probably attest to that, right? I mean, the rental rates around here are bananas. They're freaking insane. And also, the blue states, it's going to get really hard to win. I'm sorry, folks. That's just the truth. That's zero sum, correct? If a conservative leaves New York, we're not Democrats. We don't vote in multiple elections at the same time. If you leave New York, you can only vote where you moved. So it's going to get harder to win in blue states. This is just the reality. These are facts. Also, some more good news why it was a mixed bag. Likely to keep the House. We won some go- we wanted some governorships, potentially governorships, if we can pull off the lake one. And school board wins around the country. Look at this just a news article. So we cleaned up in school board races. But John Solomon has a piece of just a news. It's in the newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. They describe these races around the country in school boards, especially down here in Florida, where we cleaned up. Despite mixed results in the midterms, conservatives make gains in school board races. South Carolina, New Jersey, North Carolina, Florida. Folks, we did well there. Not here to blow smoke up your wazoo. I don't do that. I have no time for wazoo smoke blowing, okay? It's not my bag of donuts. But I can't have everyone demoralized on a false premise. If you were demoralized on a legitimate premise, we lost the house badly. We lost every governorship. School boards flew the other way and DeSantis got booted out in Florida. I'd be like, hey, man, it's a dark day. We need a total reevaluation of where we are. That's not what happened. It's just not what happened. Listen, the Senate may not move. That was clearly a loss for us. There's no doubt about it. Let's stop. The Senate, I was very disappointed with the Laxalt race. That race should have been in the bag. I don't know what happened there. But the, again, they're showing on Fox Night. The, 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 the governor's race is still too close to call in, in, uh, in Arizona, too. But here's the piece of good news about the Senate race. We had a number of races that were really, really hard. We had to pump a lot of money to defending incumbent seats. Ron Johnson, we had to defend. There's big money there. Uh, Listen, we had to spend a lot of money. You realize the Democrats have the exact same problem in 2024, where everything is just going to continue to get worse for them? Inflation, the border. You think any of this is going to get any better? They're defending, folks, 23 seats in 2024 in the Senate. I'll show you some numbers about the Senate, too, for everybody who's like ready to jump off a bridge. Oh, my gosh, the Senate, a total disaster. Listen, it wasn't great. It was a big loss. We should have picked up one or two seats. We didn't. But I want you to put it in perspective as to where we are and where we've been just over the last few cycles. The numbers matter here. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be aggressive. I know you're understandably a lot of you upset as I am. I looked at Paul after the Laxalt race. Happened during my show, by the way, on Fox on Saturday night. And I was like... Gosh, that's, that really hurts. But it is not the apocalypse. Here, this is the godfather of our movement. I'm my mentor, a guy who means more to me than anything. Mark Levin. I learned everything in the business from this guy. Everything. He's been around a lot longer than me. If you don't trust me, I understand. But if you don't trust Levin, then listen, I don't know what to tell you. Levin, And, and I say Limbaugh, too. I brought up in the beginning of the show because just go back and listen to Limbaugh as well. God rest the man's soul. The greatest of all time. They have that clip playing on Fox. Limbaugh's words saying, folks, it's not time to panic. It's just not. Here's Mark Levin on his uh, show that airs on Sunday night at 8. It's a great show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. You should DVR it as well. Levin said it best here. I'm not spinning your wheels. 
Please, Joe, please don't, don't, do not flee. Do don't not. flee. Please do not flee. The fight isn't over. Mark Levin on the same topic. It's very likely the Republicans will, in fact, take the House by a much smaller number. They'll appoint the Speaker. They'll control the committees. Look, in the lead up to the election, pollsters, consultants, Republican operatives in D.C., commentators, we're talking about a red wave as if it had already occurred. Whatever they based it on was flawed and inaccurate. I said over and over again, ignore them, because they're always flawed and inaccurate. All right, so what do we conclude? The Democrats and the media are celebrating. What are they celebrating? The red wave, it never happened. It wasn't going to happen. Not in the Senate, for sure. But they're deluding themselves. The Democrats made no progress in the Senate, and they desperately needed to make progress this election cycle. At best, they'll get one seat. When the math was 100% with them. 100% with them. And in 2024, they're in a horrendous situation when two-thirds of the Senate seats that are up are Democrat seats. And they're celebrating that they only lost the House by a relative few votes. But they lost the House. You know, listen, a lot of you are my P1 audience and you're loyal to me and I'm loyal to you and I love you. But some of you may be new here and we're still working out a trust relationship. And I understand that. I haven't been around in this business as long as Mark. Mark's been here forever. I mean, Mark was on the radio years before, you know, I, I was even thinking about politics. I promise you, the guy worked in the Reagan White House. He knows what he's talking about. He's not on the air blowing smoke up your wazoo either. This is not the apocalypse everybody wants you to think it is. The problem is the Democrats are just smart. They, Folks, can I just be candid and cut the bull here? They play us like fiddles. They play us like fiddles. They're polling all this crap. They set us all oh, red way. We're going to lose so bad. Oh, my God. You know what? Listen, man, a lot of us, even me, I kind of I look at some of the polls. I'm like, this is right. I even went to one of my guys at Trafalgar, and I'm like, oh, is this right? But then if you notice my radio show and my audio show, my podcast, just go back and listen. The day before Election Day. A sense of reality kicked in. Go listen. It's right there. Listen on Monday. Go back to Fox Nation. Watch my radio show, The Library, from that day. You guys can vouch for me. There was a set of, a, I don't know, a sense of reality that kicked in that we were being set up. And I was right. We were. We were being set up for the Democrats, knowing it was going to be ugly and they were probably going to lose the House. That if they didn't lose the House by 50, that somehow it was a win. It's like winning a basketball game by six. You were supposed to win by 12 and whining like you lost. Remember Schumer and Biden uh, and Schumer said it's going to be a massacre and it was kind of a whispered yeah. clip. Remember I, They were that? setting us up. They were setting us up. I mean, he, it was a whispered clip. He knew the media was there, Joe. Yeah, That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. He knew the mic was there. You think Chuck Schumer's stupid? Oh, look, there's a mic over there. Let me pretend I'm whispering in Biden's ear with the boom mics around. That's a good point. I, was not, that was, I didn't intend to bring up, but you are 100% correct. They were setting us up, man. The fight isn't over. We still got a Senate seat up for grabs that can get us at least back to 50-50. It's not great, but we didn't lose anything during a horrendous cycle of ins, right? And remember, the fight matters, folks. You know, there is a second creation out there. You've got a world 
and a, and a country and your kids' country to protect. I'm not giving up. For what? We won the House. School boards. A governorship. Maybe two. Let me tell you one more thing. Rachel Campos-Duffy, my friend at Fox and Friends, brought up this weekend. Democrats are out there crowing. Oh, look, abortion did it. Okay. Maybe it did. I believe in defending babies in the womb from being decapitated and destroyed. And you know what? Years and years of work to get a constitutional, liberty-loving Supreme Court that defends life threw Roe v. Wade in the garbage. And if that means a push in the House, a, a push, a win in the House, excuse me, a push in the Senate, control of a lot of school boards, a wipeout for the Democrats in North Carolina and Florida, then you're damn right I'll take it. You're damn right I'll take it. The Obama administration was willing to push through Obamacare knowing they were going to lose and they got destroyed in the Tea Party elections. You know why? They play the long game. They knew they'd get the seats back later on, like we're going to get them back in 2024. But they wanted to change the country and the healthcare system for the long game. Like we want to change the country's long game when it comes to defending life. Or what the hell is the point of the movement, man? I'm tired of this. I'm telling you, we don't think strategically sometimes. I'm not lecturing anybody here. I get, believe me, I get that you're upset. We had major, major wins. This MAGA movement started a revolution with Hispanic and black voters coming to our side. Roe v. Wade was finally dumped thanks to Supreme Court justices. Donald Trump got in there. We took back the House. It's probably going to be a push in the Senate. Won a minimum of a governorship out there. Lost some blue states. Cleaned up in North Carolina and Florida. Got some seats back in Oregon, maybe California. Cleaned house in New York and cleaned up some school boards. I don't want to hear any more about the apocalypse. It's just not true. Let me get to, excuse me, I'm just stomach a little excited. So let me get to the state of play in a minute here. Let me take a, take a break here. State of play, where we are there. How many, how many seats are left? How many called? So you have some kind of idea. And then uh, I also want to show you a tweet from my friend, uh, Stephen McIntyre, who's a really good data analyst, showing you why winning the house is a really big deal and is really hard. It's hard. Folks, Fiona business has been a bumpy ride from the pandemic to inflation. I'm sure you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees and managed to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000. That's right, per employee. It's not a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. The challenge is getting your hands on it. How do you cut through the red tape and get your business the refund money? You go to GetRefunds.com. The team of tax attorneys they put together are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program, and they've already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you too. They do all the work. There's no charge up front. They simply share a percentage of the cash they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. To find out if your business qualifies, go to GetRefunds.com. Just click on Qualify Me and answer just a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time, so don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. 
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com slash security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So just quickly, let's talk about the state of play here because it's important. You know, why do you think it's likely we're going to win the House? It's not a foregone conclusion, but it's likely at this point. Again, I'm a little iffy on the Lake Hobbs race in Arizona right now. We needed some big numbers. She's still closing ground, but some of the numbers aren't coming in as big as I'd like to give me that kind of breathe easy. But that race is not over yet by any stretch, right? So here's the state of play. There are still, as of the recording of this podcast, 19 House seats that have yet to be called. House of Representatives, obviously. The GOP right now is at 212 seats. We need 218 for a majority, so obviously we need six more. Many of those 19 called are leaning pretty heavily towards the Republican. Now, we're going to get a majority. I'm reasonably confident of that. It's not going to be the majority we wanted. But folks, it is highly likely we are going to win the House. I follow this guy on Twitter, you should too, Stephen McIntyre. His handle is at Climate Audit, common spelling for both, at Climate Audit. Very good guy, not a hyper-partisan guy at all. He just does data. Um, you know, of course, if you say anything involving data that doesn't kiss the Democrats' ass, they'll probably attack you like they attack him. <laughs> but he puts a bar plot on there. And I'm not going to go into it in detail, but it, the gist of it is he's measuring districts that lean really heavy Democrat, congressional districts, versus really heavy Republican. And he notes that it's really bifurcated. In other words, what he's saying is gerrymandering and specifically computerized gerrymandering, where they cut up and carve up House districts to make them easier for either party to win, has gotten so good because of computer-aided gerrymandering. Remember, you know, Joe, back in the day, you know, you'd have to de- draw these maps out by hand. Oh, We're going to yeah. cut this block of Republicans out and this block. You can do it all by computer like that now. It's simple. Computer-aided gerrymandering has made it very hard to win. There's just not a lot of swing districts left is what I'm getting at. These districts are either largely Democrat or largely there's only a handful left that are actual swing districts. So we know, look, he's got a map up right here. He notes that it's really, really hard to flip the house. Go back to the tweet if you would mind. And, uh, and we did. He says control of the house is actually a big win. It is a big win. It's a huge win. It's hard to flip the house. There's a, just a handful of swing districts, and a lot of them, we won. Democrats are like, yeah, yeah, what? I don't understand what you're celebrating. What are you celebrating? Remember, in 1993, the Gingrich Revolution, the house hadn't flipped in 40 years. For liberals, that's four decades. We just flipped it. We took it. Flip you. Flip you for real. You fans are the usual suspects. And for everybody getting ready to remember that, I'll flip you. For everybody again, panicking about the Senate. Oh my gosh, we should have added a few seats. Yes. Point absolutely stipulated. Let's not sugarcoat the Senate. It was not a total disaster, but it was definitely not a good day. We could have picked up two, three, maybe even four seats if we had a great day. We didn't. Huge, huge problems with the way we're voting now. I'll get to that in later too. I got a bunch of stuff. Man, I'm loaded today. But just an idea of how where the Democrat partisan, uh, Democrat Republican partisan lean's been since 2013. 
In 2013, there were 53 Dems and 45 Republicans, two independents. In 2015, there were 54 Republicans, 44 Democrats, two independents. Wow, look at that. In 2017, there were 51 Republicans, 47 Dems, two independents. Let's go to the next one. 2019, there were 53 Republicans. Well, that's pretty good. 45 Dems, two independents. And the last one, 48 Dems, 50 Republicans, and two independents. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm getting at is the Senate for the last 10 years, I could have went back farther, but you're talking about high points of like 53 seats over the last few years. We may, if we win, which I think Herschel will, we better get out and vote December 26th, Georgia, please, I'm begging you. We'd be at 50, right where we were before. And well within the historical norm of where we've been for the last 10 years. This is not some cataclysmic catastrophe where Democrats have like 65 Senate seats. My gosh, all the talk you hear, and you would, honest to God, you'd think we'd lost. We think we'd lost. We lost Pennsylvania. We should have taken Pennsylvania. We held Ohio by a huge margin. We held uh, Ron Johnson's seat by a decent margin. So here are two big takeaways, I think, from the weekend, from taking it all in. I've been hammering this, this theme a lot because it's true. I've lived through this before, folks, and many of you have too. I'm only 47. I don't pretend to be the um, wise old sage in the neighborhood. I'm, I'm you know, middle-aged. I'm, I'm, you know, when you're in your 70s, you can, I think, give a more chronological, longitudinal view of life. You've been alive seven decades. I'm barely at five now. But I've seen a lot. So is Joe. He's getting there. He's a little younger than us. <laughs> yeah. He's getting there. He's seen it. Last year, he's seen it up. But we've been through this before. Joe's been through it in Maryland. Joe, do you remember the narrative? It's never, ever going to be another Republican governor of Maryland. It's over. Oh, Bob Ehrlich. Remember he ran yeah. again? Yeah. Bob Ehrlich, just a quick story. Bob Ehrlich was a Republican governor of Maryland, right? He loses his reelection bid. He runs again. He gets crushed. Everybody's like, it's over. Joe and I lived through it. Forget it. It's never going to happen again. You know what happened in Maryland? After two terms of O'Malley, things got really bad. Oh, They're yeah. Really bad. They started taxing the rain. You're impervious service? Yes. And what happened? A Republican won, Hogan, you know, Rhino, but whatever. And then he won again. Joe and I lived it. Yep. Lived through it in New York. Said him, talked about it on my Fox show this weekend. Giuliani runs. He loses. Oh, it's over. Oh, my gosh, it's over. 2,000 people got murdered. 2,000 people got murdered again. 2,000 people got murdered again. 2,000 people got murdered again. Giuliani won and then won re-election by what? 14, 17 points? Depending on what source, it's hard to actually find. My point in this with the big takeaways is clearly things weren't bad enough yet for some Democrats in swing states, Nevada, one of them, Colorado, which, you know, it's really trending blue, but you get the point. Things aren't bad enough yet for them. They're just not. The takeaways... Sadly, and I do mean sadly, I wish no ill will on anyone from the bottom of my heart. I don't. I'm just telling you, having lived through this in Maryland with the Baltimore chaos and the rain tax and in New York with the murders under David Dinkins into Giuliani, it is going to get worse. And when it gets worse, people will wake up. If they don't remember the old adage, yeah, you'll get democracy and you'll get it good and hard. Here's a news cut from San Francisco this weekend. 
guys taking wedding photos in a, uh, the, what was the place called? The, the, some palace on the park or whatever. I don't even know. Some fancy foo-foo place in San Francisco taking his wedding photos during the day, not at night. A couple people dump out of a car. They beat the hell out of a guy, pistol whip him, and steal his camera equipment. Listen to the news report of this. This is going to happen all over the country. Check this out. Armed robbers targeted two photographers at San Francisco's Palace of Fine Arts. One victim from Dallas was shooting engagement photos on Wednesday. You can see he was attacked and pistol whipped. He wrestled his gear away from the suspects and told me he will never shoot at the popular tourist destination again. I also spoke to another photographer from the Bay Area who witnessed another photographer be robbed at gunpoint the same day at the Palace of Fine Arts. Here you see a suspect run away with a gear bag. Both incidents were reported to SFPD. Folks, listen, in swing states and in blue states, it hasn't gotten bad enough yet. It will. People will die. Crime will get worse. Inflation will get worse. And people are going to suffer. Sometimes you really need to hit the bottom of the valley to see how high the mountain is. We've been through this before. Let's stop pretending we haven't. I just gave you two examples of my short 47 years alone. Joe was there. We saw it. Maryland had this huge renaissance and people did Maryland, like a deep blue state. You have the, you have the worst possible combination in Maryland for Republicans. You have a small state, has a lot of government workers. The demographics for them are terrible. They tend to vote a Democrat. Yep. You have a large minority population and with, with an urban center in Baltimore that votes Democrat. I wish they didn't. Just look at the numbers. And a Republican won. I remember people giving me the data going, it's mathematically impossible for a Republican to win the governorship of Maryland. He won twice. He won twice. Again, a rhino, but you get the point. Well, talk about gerrymandering. Remember Roscoe Bartlett? I mean, they gerrymandered him right out of existence. Yeah. That's the Sari seat I ran. See, it was like a, a R plus 16. It turned into a yeah. D plus six because they carved in Montgomery County. Yes. Here, this is what's going to get worse, too. And this is why I think we're going to see a sea change. And we're at we're in the middle. We're, it, we're at that inflection point right now where you're about to see things turn around. And thankfully, if we take the house, we can slow down the disaster. Look at this. CNS News. This is in my newsletter. Read this article by Terrence Jeffrey. Does great work. Bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to get subscribe, it's free. I'm showing you here the math about how the inflation crisis is going to get worse. Inflation is going to get worse because we are spending more money than we're taking in. Liberals are like, really? That's how that works? Yes, that's how that works. <laughs> oh, Dan, that'll slow down. Will it? Really? We just took in $318 billion, a record amount of tax revenue in October. So now if you're a liberal, you're like, oh, wow, that's great. We love high taxes. We took in a record amount of taxes. Um, and because taxes are the key, um, you know, we're definitely going to start paying down our debt. Really? Uh, because we ran an $87 billion deficit and spent $406 billion. So in other words, what I'm telling you is no matter how much we take in, including record amounts of revenue, you saw the headline, the numbers speak for themselves, we're still spending more than we have. Damn, that's not good news. No, it's not good news. I'm just telling you things are going to get worse on the inflation front. They're not going to get any better. And eventually, when you got democracy good and hard, you'll use democracy to stop getting democracy good and hard. You're not there yet. But you will. Here's another big takeaway. Well, let me get to my, my next sponsor. And I want to get to another big takeaway from this election about the voting processes. Because I want to show you how you need to keep speaking up. Ignore the left's election denier BS. I'm going to show you some evidence that the left, if election, if asking questions about election processes 
is election denial, then the biggest deniers you've ever heard of elections are on the left. And as always, we bring the actual facts and the video to back it up. Folks, inflation continues to challenge our nation. We're still overspending on everyday necessity. Man, you couldn't have picked a better... Did you? It's like the great... Oh, you could not have picked a better spot. Inflation is out of control. I just gave you the numbers. We are dramatically overspending, and the debt is costing us more thanks to high credit card rates, too. How can you get ahead? Well, it's easy. Call my friends at American Financing. It's a great company. Take advantage of a free mortgage review. Do it today and learn about custom loans that may fit your budget better. From flexible terms to debt consolidation, even the ability to access cash, they can do it all. They can save you hundreds each month, each month and they, they can work with just about any credit score. So if you couldn't qualify before, you may qualify now. Listen, so no pressure, no obligation call with American Financing. They don't charge upfront or hidden fees. It's worth it to learn more. If you start soon, you could delay two mortgage payments and you could close in as little as 10 days. Call American Financing today. Here's the number, 888-994-7660. That's 888-994-7660. Or you can visit them online at AmericanFinancing.net. Not .com. It's AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, NMLS Thanks, American Financing. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So again, the two takeaways, it's going to get worse. People will start to vote different once they're tired of getting democracy good and hard. It's true. But the Democrats are well aware of the voting issues. The second takeaway is obviously we're having a cataclysmic problem with voting processes. Anyone telling you otherwise is lying to you. Uh, Just ignore the election denial crap. It's a silly, stupid talking point because if that were the case, that questioning election processes, which is your constitutional right and obligation to do so if you don't believe they're valid or reliable. Remember, those are two different things, validity and reliability, right? You can have a scale that's reliable, but reliably wrong, right? Elections can be reliable. They could be reliably wrong. What do I mean? If your scale accurately, uh, excuse me, inaccurately measures you as five pounds heavier every time, I'm, I'm 201 right now, If it measures me at 206, it's not a valid measure of my weight. I'm not 206, I'm 201. But if I gain five pounds and it's always five pounds off and I'm 201, I become 206, it'll measure me reliably at what, Joe? 211. It's still wrong, but it's reliable. Elections can be reliably wrong, but that doesn't mean they're valid. And you can question that. It doesn't make you a denier. Matter of fact, the real election deniers are on the left. Now, I'm going to give you some suggestions how we can fix this, but let's go into three problems with our elections right now that absolutely have to be fixed. And the Democrats are well aware of, how do I know that? Because they used to talk about it all the time. Oh, 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 yeah, her, oh, man, that hurts. Kicking the Johnson there. So delayed election results. 
<laughs> Having election weeks and election months and election years, maybe election decades. Nah, we're not doing that. We need to fix that stat. There's an election day and you're going to tell us who the winner is that night. If you're not, then you need to be fired. We need to get someone in there. I'll get to some suggestions how we can do that in a second. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, really, Joe. Really, I, I mean, this is just absurd. We're st- it's now almost a week later. We still don't know the governor of Arizona. And we still have, you know, what, a 19 outstanding House seats. We still don't know who controls the House of Representatives. This is, this is banana republic stuff. This is third world nonsense. This is like North Korea type crap, okay? Now, the Democrats, it's, they're trying to get you to believe that waiting for like a month to determine who won an election is normal because they love this because they want to sue to blue. So again, any close election they'll sue over. So they like the extended time. Talked about that last week, but I want you to watch this. So we're going to talk about delayed results, mail-ins and machines, right? But first here's an old New York times video. I found this morning going through some show prep. Here's an old video from the New York times. You'll see Jeffrey Tubin in there where they're talking about the Bush v. Gore election. And they're talking about Joe, how horrible it is. These delayed results. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so bad. Now they love it. Now it's the greatest thing ever. Showing you again, if they're election deniers, if you're an election denier for speaking out against delayed results, if you're an election denier, the biggest deniers of all are the lefties. Check this out. The one thing no one expected in a presidential campaign is that we wouldn't know who won on election day. That was a New York Times video whining about delayed election results. Now, if you do that, you're a denier. You're a denier. No, just, folks, just ignore them right over here. Just ignore it. You have an obligation as a citizen of a free constitutional republic to question elections if you think they are reliable but not valid. Use that scale example with your friends as often as you can. Reliability and validity are not the same thing. They can be reliably wrong. I'm not saying they are. They could be. And it's your obligation to question them. Do not buy into this denier stuff. I can't put this article up there enough. So we talked about first a delayed election results, a catastrophe. But number two, mail-in ballots. Folks, I, I did you a favor today. Go to my newsletter, please. Again, Bongino.com slash newsletter. This article is there. I need you to print it, keep it up on your phone, and email it around to people. If questioning mail-in balloting and the process behind it is election denial, then the biggest election deniers of all are the freaking New York Times folks. They wrote an entire expose about this in 2012. The article's in the newsletter today. Send it to your friends. Talking about the problems with mail-in voting. Here, Adam Liptak in 2012. I thought this was election denied. Error and fraud at issue is absentee voting rises. Oh, really? This is the New York Times, folks. New York Times. It's not Breitbart, The Blaze. They note votes by mail are less likely to be counted, more likely to be compromised, more likely to be contested than those cast in a voting booth. Statistics show, not opinion. Election officials reject almost 2% of ballots cast by mail, double the rate for in-person voting. That sounds bad, Joe. They get this commentator there and he goes, hey, listen. The more people you force to vote by mail, the more invalid ballots you'll generate. Oh, interesting. What's in the New York Times? Gosh, that's fascinating. You know what? For the first time, I included the third paragraph here, too. Listen to this. Again, this is in the New York Times. Quote, liberals, that means they wrote this. Election experts say the challenges created by mail-in ballots could well affect outcomes this fall and beyond. Oh, my God. Really? 
if the context, if the contests next month are close enough to be within what election lawyers call the margin of litigation, oh, really? The grounds on which they will be fought will not be hanging chads, but ballots cast away from the voting booth. Jeez. So, uh, again, you question mail-in ballots that the New York Times acknowledged in writing just 10 years ago were a big problem in elections. You're a crazy person. The New York Times literally writes a story about it, and they are what? The democracy dies in the darkness, Washington Post, acolytes or whatever? Are you joking? Is this a joke? It is your duty as a citizen of a free constitutional republic to question processes that may be reliable but not valid. It is your duty. So we talked about delayed results. We talked about mail-in. The third mail-in ballots. Third part, the machines. Anybody who brings up voting machines, oh my gosh, that's definitely a conspiracy theory. Okay, is it? Well, if it is, then Obama is probably the biggest conspiracy theorist of all. Now, I could play supercuts of Democrats questioning voting machines over and over. But here, here's the scion of the Democrat Party, Barack Obama, promoting some conspiracy theory about votes being changed in what, Ohio in this clip and the machines? Is he an election denier too? You see how the Democrats change the talking points? based on if they can breed distrust in the system and it benefits them. You see how they do this? They'll say anything to cause distrust in the system if they lost. But when they win, if you bring up actual problems or potential problems, you're a denier. Here, listen to Obama yourself. It helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. Um, but, but look, I come from Chicago, so, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to, you know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. (laughs) Again, folks, right. I mean, Joe gets to see them before, but. If you were a Republican saying that, the New York Times would be denier. Just ignore these idiots. Just ignore them. There he is. We, folks, we have got to do something about this process because people don't trust it. I'll get to what that means um, in a minute. Just one, you know what, before we get to the lead, just one quick thing too. The contempt these people have for you folks. Here is the dreadful Maricopa County Board of Elections Twitter feed. Glenn Greenwald points out their utter arrogance. They actually tweeted this out. Maricopa County in Arizona, where people are concerned about who their next governor is going to be. They tweeted, dear social media bots, your disapproval is duly noted, but your upvotes and retweets will not be part of this year's total. This is not meant as an affront to your robot overlords. It's just not allowed for in Arizona law. So Geesat, me too. He's like, I had a check. It's a verified account from Maricopa County. Just please just stop. Just re- I'm dead serious. Just stop. I don't care what your party affiliation or is anything. You screwed the election up. Just stop. You're humiliating yourself and the country. Fire your social media manager immediately. Immediately. Idiots. Morons tweet that out. Let me get to my next sponsor. And then a cut by Stephen Miller from the Trump administration. 
on the growing problem in this country with distrust in elections and election integrity. And the Democrats fostering all this, and I'll tell you how we got to fix it, then the Dave Chappelle clip, which really says a lot. GenuCell, folks, I began using GenuCell's most popular package recently. Who said this? I went to get a facial, and the technician said, I have impeccable skin, and she's seen 20-year-olds that don't have skin as nice as mine. You know what that is? Julia from Arlington, Texas, who was blown away by the results she saw from GenuCell. And from now until Thanksgiving, treat yourself to GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off at GenuCell.com now. Treat yourself to the only skincare products you ever need. Finally, during the holiday season, every most popular package order includes GenuCell's hyaluronic acid correcting serum free when you add to the cart. GenuCell's products delight men and women just like you with inspiring results by correcting their daily skin problems like wrinkles, dark spots, dry skin, sagging jawlines, facial redness, even those annoying bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, GenuCell guarantees results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Order today at GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's G-E-N-U-C-E-L. GenuCell.com slash Dan. Your most popular package includes a complimentary gift set plus free express shipping. GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan. Look good for them holidays. All right. This is a great clip here. Here's Stephen Miller, former Trump administration official. He was on Fox this weekend talking about how growing problems with election integrity, Maricopa County idiots tweeting out on Twitter, Democrats talking about machines and the New York Times telling us how mail-in votes are terrible, right? How that breeds distrust because we continue to do it. Listen to Stephen Miller on this topic. It's pretty good. Check this out. The number one reason for that is Democrat mastery of mail-in balloting, vote harvesting, and the machinery of the early vote in these states where they're voting for weeks, if not months, before the election. There's no such thing as election day anymore. The old rules, the old horse race that you and I and our, and our viewers today follow their whole lives doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. When the Republican candidate closes strong, it's too late. Yeah, he's right. He pretty much sums it up. You can't keep counting votes and strategically dumping them to change the media narrative by the day. You see what they're doing now? It appears appears that the dumps of the ballots are being done to manipulate a media narrative. Whether that's true or not is your call. You're sowing distrust in the system. So here are some things we have to do to fix it. Number one, ballot harvesting's got to go. If your state has not made ballot harvesting illegal, like they have down here in Florida, you're making a huge mistake. The idea that, think about this, right? Voting is only the most important thing to maintain a dignified constitutional republic. If people feel like the vote is fake, you don't have a constitutional republic and nobody really cares what you think about it at that point. In a criminal trial, if I arrest Joe for a bank robbery and Joe used a knife to rob the bank, I don't let 30 people handle the knife by the time it goes to the evidence processor. Why? Because it'd be fingerprints and then we don't know what they do. It could have been planted. There's a chain of custody. Why in Hades would you allow someone voting to introduce another link in the chain of custody of that ballot? Why would you do that? That's what ballot harvesting is. It enables Democrats to go get activists, to go and collect votes from people. You have no idea what's happening. to It totally degrades the chain of custody and the integrity of that ballot. The only reason you would want ballot harvesting is to cheat. Simple. It is that simple. It's got to stop. A lot of states banned it. It should be banned all over the union. Second, the ballot boxes have to go. Same issue, chain of custody. You just got a box sitting out there. All the, you know, a lot of them are not secured the proper way. 
He should have a guard there at minimum. It's not happening. The cameras didn't even work in the last election on a lot of them at the 2000 Mules video. You can see that yourself. The ballot box has got to go. Third, we got to win some of these governor spots and secretary of state spots. We got to get these positions back. We're not going to be able to clean it up without. That's why it's so important Carrie Lake wins. She was on my radio show last week talking about how that's one of the first things she's going to do. We've already cleaned up the process in Florida. Finally, we got to clean up vote by mail. No excuse vote by mail's got to go, folks. It, uh, it pollutes the counting process. It's just a mess. The New York Times themselves has acknowledged that the, the rates of fraud and error are nearly double that for in-person voting. We can't have no excuse mail-in balloting. We just can't. We should make it easy to vote. There should be a long, uh, you know, maybe a, a nice, solid, long weekend before Election Day or something like that. But no, no, this mail-in balloting's got to go. The good news is, so everybody's not apocalyptic about it, is this is all fixable. We've done that in Florida. We've done that. Florida cleaned up its elections, and Ron DeSantis just won by 20 points. Ryan Petty had the best summation of what happened in Florida I've seen on Twitter. He says, think about this. In the time it's taken California, Arizona, Nevada to count 70 to 80% of the votes from the election, Florida counted 100% of millions of votes, had a hurricane, and already rebuilt a hurricane-damaged highway. Let that sink in. (laughs) You're damn right. The good news is it's fixable. Barack Obama won Florida, and everybody thought Florida was blue forever. Demographic destiny, Spanish voters in Florida. Now, the Democrats, James Carville, wants them to write off the state completely. We've got clean elections, and it's no longer a swing state. Stop telling me it's not possible to fix it, because we did it. Ohio is now a red state, too. We can fix it, and we will fix it. It's happening. All right, you know what? Let me play this Chappelle thing first, because I don't want to, and then maybe, maybe I'll get back to this Red State article. I have a lot to say about this FTX thing, so I may have to hold off to the radio show and the podcast tomorrow. But this, I, there's going to be a big announcement by Donald Trump tomorrow. Uh, it's obviously assumed uh, he's going to announce he's running for president. I see no way he doesn't announce tomorrow. I believe it's a 9 p.m. Uh, presser he's doing over uh, at Mar-a-Lago. He's going to announce he's running for president. I was going through the internet this weekend. And, and keep in mind with this guy, Dave Chappelle's a comedian, okay? He's not doing this. As, he's doing it to be kind of funny. But there's always an, an ounce of truth in any good humor, correct? Dave Chappelle's on Saturday Night Live. He gives the single best explanation. The Democrats should listen to this. It's a little long. It's about a minute, 50 seconds, which is a lot longer than cuts we typically use, but it's worth every second. And I couldn't find out where to cut it because it's so good. Here's Chappelle explaining now that he lives in Ohio amongst what he calls the poor whites, his words, not mine, why rich liberals just will never understand Trump and what he thinks is behind it. Check this out. And I'm watching the news now. They're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. I'm I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites. (laughs) A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I I get it because I hear it every day. He's very loved. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire 
screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> it's what he said. And the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? You remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God damn. <laughs> and then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a line of cocaine up and did it right into the podium. No one ever heard someone say something that true. And then Hillary Clinton tried to punch him in the taxes. She said, this man doesn't pay his taxes. He shot right back. That makes me smart. <laughs> and then he said, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't because your friends and your donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. And with that, my friends... A star was born. Have you heard a better explanation of uh, the MAGA phenomenon, the Trump movement, than that? A guy who acknowledges his role in being part of a system he hates and then runs against it. Now, he, Chappelle goes to go on to say, just to be clear, I had to cut it short there, but I don't want to act like I'm trying to misconstrue his words. But then Trump went on and did the same thing. I mean, obviously, I dispute some of that, but Chappelle's a funny guy. and He's a comedian. But I'll tell you, his insights there, I sent that to my Fox crew immediately. I said, you, you, you got to listen to this. I, I think it's just one of the most amazing analyses. Maybe Sometimes maybe it takes an outsider like Chappelle to analyze the situation as accurately as he just did. Nah. I know Joe wasn't crazy about it. But no. What about it don't you like? I just thought it was a bit of a comedic bit, and I thought it took so much more to make Trump what he is over so much more time. That was just too easy. I mean, it was yeah, just, it was too short I mean, and too quick. I, I agree. I mean, if we were, it's not a, you know, 51 page white paper on what happened. I it, mean, it, it was a good, more analysis. It was a, it was, but a, it's a good summation. It's a good summation, but it's, you know, All right, we'll give it's you good. We'll take yeah. that. All right. Cool, man. We'll take that. All right. All right. I'm going to get to, I'll give you just a quick teaser, but I'll get to it probably in a little more detail on the radio show later. Folks, you have got to read this article at Red State. This blow up of this company, FTX, this crypto-based currency, and this guy, uh, SBF, they call him. This is just a disaster. Uh, a Bankman, uh, Samuel Bankman-Fried. So he ran this company, FTX. Stories, Ukraine, a Ponzi scheme, and a top Democrat donor raises serious questions by the great Bonchi. What a scheme. Only Dems can get away with this. According to the end, their allegations, everybody's innocent until they're proven guilty. I don't put that out there as a talking point. I put it out there because I'm an American and I believe in process, even for guys you may think are pretty awful. But according to these allegations, this guy was an enormous donor to the Democrat Party. He runs this crypto-based currency, FDX. This guy, SBF, they call him. This guy's got an open door to every Democrat up there. He's an enormous donor to Democrats. Matter of fact, I was reading somewhere, second only to uh, George Soros. Whoa. The Democrats and in Congress and a lot of Republicans were obviously giving a lot of money to Ukraine. We know about that. The allegations here then that Ukraine was giving back money through processes to FTX, which was then giving money to Democrats. Folks, you got to read this story. It is crazy. 
And now an allegation surfaced today about some money being moved in the Bahamas, according to regulators, and now the regulators from the Bahamas saying, we didn't tell them to do that. This is the, if this turns out to be as bad as a made-off scheme, the media will not be able to ignore it, even though the central figures in it are Democrats. They will not be able to ignore this story. They'll try, but it's not going to go away. And I'm wondering why this wasn't reported on by insiders before the election. Did they not know? Read the story and we'll talk more about it tomorrow. It's a really critical story. I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's one of my favorites I've done in a long time. Please check out the radio show later. And if you wouldn't mind, we had a great month. We are now uh, the 10th most popular podcast in the country. That is thanks exclusively to you. And it's due to subscriptions, not just listens. They are free. They don't cost anything. If you wouldn't mind going to Apple, Spotify, and Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, and clicking that follow and subscribe button, I would deeply appreciate it. You helped us do that. Get to number 10. Thanks a lot. I'll see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.